Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Storybox, where I, your host, Jay Phantom, has the utmost privilege and honor to unbox the amazing stories of some incredible people from all walks of life and experiences. I'm delighted and grateful that you're here today. Now let's dive into the Storybox and hear more about our guest today. Go to down tools and identify what you are really passionate about. Focus on that and work really, really hard to make it become a reality. This is said by my guest today, Michael Lane. Now, for those of you who don't know who Michael Lane is, Michael is a successful entrepreneur, having started and run nine businesses, one of those businesses being successfully listed on the Australian Stock Exchange with over $1 billion in sales. Through his businesses, Michael is considered an expert in the touring space, having run more than 1,400 events in the last 17 years. I'm pretty sure that number has since increased. Uh, Michael is passionate about the entrepreneur scene and is one of the only few who specialize in educating entrepreneurs. Michael's primary business, Success Resources, is the world's largest education seminar company and has an annual turnover of $120 million plus and a staff uh, of about 250 people in 10 offices across the world. Michael is an exceptional leader, building and maintaining trusted commercial relationships with many local and international celebrities, celebrities, speakers, and businesses, including Donald Trump, Tony Robbins, Gary Vee, Grant Cardone, Jay Shetty, Robert Kiyosaki, the man who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Sir Richard Branson, and many, many more. Michael's unique entrepreneurial style has allowed Michael to become successful in building teams, uh, creating strong systems and achieving unprecedented results, not only in Australia, but globally. And this is a very fascinating conversation that Michael and I had uh, a little while ago now, uh, when we first went into lockdown as well. I wanted to know Michael's why. So we get to talking about that. And we also uh, talk about finding success, satisfaction in success and what success really looks like for Michael as well. Uh, seeking sustainable happiness. So what that looks like for Michael, going through um, failed businesses and, and what Michael had learned during those processes, identifying your path and your own why, what you are passionate about as well, and following that. Leadership, why Michael is such an exceptional leader and how he goes about creating his leadership style in his businesses and, and why that's so important. The million dollar question. This is uh, the first man that I asked a question that he's never really 
been asked before in all the 200 something podcasts he's done, which I felt quite special uh, <laughs> actually being able to, to ask this kind of question. Um, what drives Michael keeping his energy consistent plus so much more in this, this episode? Uh, a lot of golden nuggets in here as well. So I know you guys are going to get a lot out of it too. Uh, so if you guys do like this episode, please make sure to subscribe to Apple Podcasts as well and take a screenshot of this episode, post it up on Instagram and Facebook as well. Tag Michael Lane and myself, the Storybox Podcast. Let us know what you think. Also leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed this episode as well and help spread the message that stories are incredibly powerful and they can change lives and you have the power to do that by sharing this episode out. And with that being said, everyone, I'm going to shut up now and allow you guys to jump into the story box and hear Michael Lane's story. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Absolute pleasure. Now, before we get stuck into your your backstory and why you decided to do this in the first place, I have one question for you and that is, what is your definition of success? Look, the definition of success is uh, always a personal one. Uh, I can't, you know, I, I loathe to think that you can go to the, you know, the Webster English Dictionary and read what success is because I think it's defined differently for different people. Uh, for me, it's waking up and being happy with who I am, what I'm doing, and who I'm around every day. Mm. So, I found that out early when I was a younger entrepreneur. I thought it was success was was money, um, fast cars, exciting experiences, and those kind of things. And while uh, some of those things have uh, a cool meaning and and can be fun, it never gave me the long lasting happiness that I thought it would. Mm. So success for me is about being happy, waking up every day and enjoying who you are, enjoying what you're doing, and being around people who you enjoy being around. Mm. That's success for me. I like that. So why do you think that it didn't really give you the satisfaction of actually owning any of this fancy like cars or the luxurious lifestyle? Why didn't that necessarily satisfy or bring you success, you reckon? Well, they're, they're always the byproduct of success is the things that the – you know, the cars, the, the boats, you know, I'm actually overlooking boats right now. And, uh, while that's fun and enjoyable experience in the moment, it never gave me long lasting happiness. Mm. You know, I remember my first car. I remember my first real nice car was a Porsche. Um, I was in my twenties. I thought, wow, look at me go. <laughs> and every day I walked into that garage and went, wow, I love this. I love this until I didn't until I went, Okay, I've just got to get to the office now. So for me, yeah, it does bring some joy in the moment, but it's not something you look at and go, that gives me perpetual happiness for the rest of my life. Mm. So that's the thing that I think differentiated for me was the fact that I want things in my life that give me long-lasting happiness. Mm. And I quickly understood that happiness for me is being able to bring happiness to other people. Mm. That's where I got my greatest ROI. Um, building businesses and doing things is great, but the ROI is typically financial. It's typically status, 
and again it's fleeting. It does not stick around yeah. because when the applause stops, when the uh, accolades finish, you still got you there personally by yourself, and it's like, okay, that was cool, but what's next? Mm. So the accolades that continue to echo for me are the accolades where I see somebody and they go, Michael, I went to one of your events. It impacted my life. I changed my decisions around who I wanted to become. I started a business and now I employ 13 people and I'm happier than I've ever been. Mm. They're the accolades that continue to resonate for me long after uh, the success has happened. So I'm looking for an ROI on my happiness. Mm. And the long-term ROI was not from things but the things that I could do to help others. That's good. Mm. So why did you decide to be in business in the first place? Did you always want to run your own business? Always. Always wanted to run my own business. Again, success has many layers. The first level of success is financial Mm. because I think you have to go through that to understand that that's not the main driver. So I got into business to make money. Uh, I'm just like every other dude I wanted nice things. I wanted the happiness. I thought I wanted, you know, the cool things in my life. And I thought that would bring me perpetual happiness. It doesn't. So I did get into business to do that. But when you've had a taste of money and you have a, you feel as though you got there and you achieve that and you tick that off, but then you go, it didn't actually make me happy. Mm. So what I was looking for then was to find a sense of self, a sense of happiness in what I did every day because I knew I could make money. Mm. And to give you some idea, I've been in the business game. I've been running my own companies for 20 years and I've never paid myself a salary. Mm. My belief was, and whenever I do deals with people and I've got a lot of different entities and a lot of structures and a lot of ventures, I never take a salary. I always take a percentage of turnover Mm. because I love getting in and building. I love the process of it. Mm. And for me, that brings me happiness to get in and go, what can I do to bring value to this, mm. to bring experience to this? So apologies with the sound in the background. That's I'm okay. currently outdoors. But there's many layers to success. First is financial. And I hope everyone in here listens to this, kicks it off mm. and realizes you're right, Michael. It wasn't about that. Yeah. Then they find their own happiness. And the third level of success is the happiness you can bring to others. Mm. That's being able to make an impact in people's lives. Mm. That was being able to see somebody's face after you've made an impact. That brings long-term sustainable happiness. Mm. And that's what I'm seeking now. That's what I'm thriving for. With your first business, did you find success quickly with earning a lot of money or actually? Gosh, no. How long did it take? Definitely not. To build it? It took four business. It took four businesses wow. to start to make money. So three of them failed. Um, three of them, they didn't all fail miserably. When I say that, there were circumstances to why they didn't evolve. You know, there was the goalposts changed, the environment crumbled underneath us. Uh, two of those businesses, I think, could be super successful today in this landscape mm. if I wanted to put the time and energy into it. But again, what I've realised is that. You can have an amazing product. You can have amazing um, customer service. You can have amazing price point, meaning the value to the exchange in currency is phenomenal. Mm. But if the timing's wrong, it doesn't matter how good it is. Mm. You know what I mean? So, you know, Tony Robbins talks about 
I don't care how good you are, how strategic, how smart. If you are heading east looking for a sunset, you're never going to find it. Yeah. Mm. Right? So you need all everything aligned. And here's what I've realized in business after probably 15 different companies, nine of them failed, is you need to have your timing to be absolutely impeccable. I would say it is the more of a critical factor than the product itself, the pricing, and what impact it's going to make mm. to the client. Mm. Because right now, I don't care who you are. My business, I had 525 events last year. I've now got zero live events. Mm. As I sit here right now, I don't care how good Tony Robbins is, Gary Vee, Grant Cardone. doesn't matter how cheap it is. doesn't matter all those factors. If I can't run the event because of the timing, because mm. of the scenario, my product is gone. Yeah. The market doesn't care. It's it's not sitting around going, well, we hope that Michael comes back and everything's okay. Mm. The market moves on. So I have to move with the market. So that's the lesson is everything needs to be right. My first four businesses, three of them, uh, were still great ideas, still great companies. One of them was terrible. Let's be honest. One, one of them was no good. <laughs> but um, the timing wasn't right or I wasn't right for the timing. Mm. What did that – what did those – failing businesses do with your mindset? Did you end up feeling like deflated and low? And how did you actually pick yourself back up and keep going and, and starting more businesses? Look, I've never suffered from uh, depression. I've never suffered from, uh, I, I've suffered from a bit of anxiety, but I've never been the person to go, <gasps> that didn't work and just go into my cocoon. I, I'm not built that way. I, mm. I'm built for, cool, that didn't work, let's move on. And that's been a trait of mine that I've had for so long. Mm. You know, you don't you don't lose, you know, on, on three businesses and want to keep going. There's something wrong with that. Yeah. You know, it's a rare breed. I understand that. I mean, the people listening to this who go, holy shit, that's like me. Mm. And I hope there's people listening to this that go, wow, I'm not built for that. And that's okay because you're starting to identify where your path is. Mm. There's so many people out there right now who want to be number one in their company. But to be honest, they're built for a number three, number four, and number 17. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. There's, there's, there's no label to suggest I failed as a number one, but I made an epic number four in that company. Mm. Right? So there's, there's no wrong doing. It's just identifying who you are and the dynamic of who you are as a, of a person. Mm. I just knew that the failures were not going to stop me. And look, one thing that I think is important for you and maybe the listeners to understand is my business, my success resources business is unlike any other entrepreneurial business on the planet. Mm. And the reason I say that is I don't have one product or service. Most companies, most people listen to this, they've got their core product or their core service. I don't have that. I have to come up with 500 new products or services every year. Wow. Because I'm in the event space. Yeah. I can't run the same program twice, right? There are 13 or so events that we do every year that have the same name, same look, same feel, but it continues to evolve. Mm. But those other 500, I'm sitting there going, what does the market need right now? Who am I going to put on that stage? What are, what's the product about? What's the pricing? That's a new business mm. every single time. I need to go recruit talent. I need to recruit partners. I need a joint venture with different people. Mm. That has given me an entrepreneurial muscle 
that is beyond any other program, venture, uh, education I could have ever come across. Mm. Because when you do 500 deals a year, it's a lot. It's a lot. And you got to figure this thing out quickly, right? Yeah. So that's, that's just the way I'm built. I, you know, if I lost everything tomorrow, again, I'm of the opinion that I don't take a salary now. Every day, every month, I wake up at zero. Mm. Right? Like you're starting so again. Yeah. I'm starting again every month. Yeah. You know, I don't have 50000 a month coming in. No. Right? Yeah. So this is the entrepreneurial journey right here. And it, it, it pains me in some regards to see successful entrepreneurs, self-entitled, because we're all self-entitled. There's no register for success. But they go, I'm a successful entrepreneur and they've been spruiking success for the last three years. Mm. But now they're asking for government handout. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, not, that's not an entrepreneur. Yeah. An entrepreneur can't go into the Centrelink line. No. They just can't do that, right? So for me, this doesn't scare me. If I lost everything tomorrow, I'll wake up at zero every month. Mm. So um, that's a long answer to your question. No, but, that's good though. Um, yeah, it's the, good. The fears and the failures you know, they, they're like duck, they're like water off a duck's back. Mm, I like that saying because I have quite a few questions coming from that answer that you gave. My first one is you mentioned that not everyone is going to be number one or reach the number one spot. So what does it take for someone to be number one? Uh, is someone born a natural leader or some, is someone born with those gifts and abilities or can they learn it? Here's where I sort of, start to get people to maybe tune out of what I talk about. Mm. I believe you're born an entrepreneur. I believe that. Uh, if I look at me, I knew by eight I was going to be an entrepreneur. Mm. My, my traits were very different to every other eight-year-old. My son is an entrepreneur. He's eight right now. My daughter is not. <laughs> I, I can just see it, right? I just I see the traits. Now, anyone listening to this, there is a discovery process on well, hold up, am I an entrepreneur? And you may not discover that mm. until later in life. So this is the thing. I believe in your DNA, it is constructed in a way where you just have the traits that you're more, you're, you're able to cope with fear. Mm. You're able to start again. You're able to get knocked down and get back up. You know, I think there is some, and I'm definitely no scientist, I'm definitely no uh, medical expert in any regards. But I think there's a correlation between some forms of ADD and entrepreneurship. Yep. <laughs> you know, there's a, yeah. we all know there's a, spe there's a spectrum. I play a little bit on the spectrum. I'm by no means way down the spectrum, but I have ADD. I need something in my hands. Mm. I need to be feeling something. There's, there's, there's still, that. yeah. For me, it's the entrepreneurial gene. Mm. I have this unique ability to be able to look at things, shape things, mold things, see the gap see the opportunity, see the voids, and it's my ADD to some degree getting me to a position to go, huh, I see the opportunity here. Mm. I can make this work. I see how this works. So I, I believe we, you will discover whether you are an entrepreneur or not. Yeah. But here's the thing. Is it, there's, no, there's no ladder or hierarchy to say I'm a, an entrepreneur and I'm not. Mm. There's no better life. Here's what I would actually say. I would say to most people, you don't want to be an entrepreneur. Mm. You don't. You don't want to. I can't turn this thing off. No. 
It goes all day, every day. And I can't, I wish I could, but I understand how I'm built now. Mm. So for people out there going, oh, you know, I started that deal and I didn't like it. It failed and, uh, but I'm, but I'm an entrepreneur. Take, take your hand off that badge. Mm. Dude, you don't want it. <laughs> There's this huge components of me that go, I'd love to just go sit on a beach and not think about stuff for a day. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'd love to not open the, my phone or my laptop in a day. I, I actually didn't open my laptop once. And that was on the long weekend in five years. The, the Easter long weekend, I promised my family I would keep my laptop closed. <laughs> it was the first time in five years, I think. But again, there's no, there's no hierarchy in entrepreneurship. Mm. You know, if you're sitting there going, you know what, hopefully today I will share some stuff with people who go, you know what, I'm not an entrepreneur and I'm totally cool with it. Mm. I'm a business owner. I'm a general manager. I'm a sales uh, guru or gun, but I'm not that person. So I'd love to get people to start to opt out of entrepreneurship and think, yeah, that's not me. I can move on now and, and be okay with that. Mm. That's a good answer. So how do you keep your energy up? Like what drives you every single day? What what gets Michael up in the morning to keep going? How do you keep that energy consistent? Look, again, if you're an entrepreneur, you can't turn this off. It's continually shooting ideas. It's like these sparks that just keep firing. Um, I've learned to harness that and put it into channels that I'm obsessed in. Mm. And I'm obsessed with helping a billion people become more smart, more savvy, more sophisticated in becoming happier in who they are, mm. having a better business for their own happiness. Um, for me, I've chosen my horse. It's education. Mm. I've become obsessed with that. The only reason I've generated hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in that particular genre is because I'm obsessed with it. So when you're obsessed, you don't need an alarm clock. I, I haven't run an alarm clock. Sorry, I like. If I'm in the state or if I've got to catch a plane or I've got to be somewhere at a particular time that's outside my norm, I need a I need an <laughs> alarm clock. But when I'm at home, there's no alarm clock. Yeah. It's like five five thirty, it my body goes. Mm. Right. So I don't need external motivation. I have internal inspiration that's sparking constantly mm. and I, I follow that. So you mentioned fear a little bit. Um, how do you, how do you, how, what would you recommend people in terms of managing that fear and how do you get over it in the first place? Look, yeah, the first thing you need to understand about fear is that we all experience it. Mm. Every single person on the planet don't care how evolved you think they are, they're experiencing fear. The masters understand how to limit quarantine or squash fear when it arises because it all does. It does for me every day. Mm but I've learned how to take a breath, find my center and squash it playing out this movie, this horror movie, mm. right? Most people don't understand how to close the gap on fear. Yeah. They let that fear run and the, and fear manifests. Yep. 100%. They feed it. So it, it does. So for me, when the, when it does rear its ugly head, I take a breath, I find my center I stop that movie running. I close the gap on it. I get back to center. And if I need to, and I would suggest this for everyone listening, what's the quick, short, sharp 
mantra that you follow every day that you know is a small piece that echoes your vision, your mission. I have mine. It's very short, very sharp. It encompasses everything that's important to me in my life. Mm. And if I have to, I'll say that and move forward. But when it happens, as it will, don't be scared of it. Go through your own process. Neutralize it. Most people aren't neutralizing it. Mm. They're, if anything, they're letting that movie run, and that's the worst thing you could do. Mm, that's true. Is there, in terms of business sense, is there any most valuable resource or tool to build it or continue driving its success, if that makes sense? No, can you elaborate a bit for me? So in order for a business to succeed, you need people, resources, and things like that. Yeah. How do you, I guess what I'm trying to say is, how do you lead your team effectively with providing valuable resources and, and tools for them to continue on with, with what they need to get done? Yeah. Look, for me, uh, I'm in the education space. Um, every single day I'm putting so much good stuff in my head to counteract the negativity or the survival parts of the brain, mm. right? Our brain is not built for positivity. No. Our brain is built for survival. That's why it is. I mean, mm. we have a 2 million year old brain that was manifested that came to life because somebody saw fear and had to run from it and had to, you know, understand their bearings and had to go, how do I get through this day? Mm. We have a 2 million year old brain that is not built for 2020. No. So to do that, you need to counteract that. You need to be putting so much good stuff in. And my team, the way that I lead, the way that I drive my business is, is all based on getting up every day and continuing to serve my mission by putting so much good stuff in that it just neutralizes the negativity. Mm. I would be suggesting that for everyone. I lead my business by listening and, and finding two hours a day of learning, educating, reshaping, molding, getting closer to my mission, my purpose, my obsession. Every business owner should be doing that. And whatever it is, you don't have to be in listening to Gary Vee or your podcast or, or Tony Robbins. Who's the person in your industry, your sector, who's the number one girl or guy Yeah, who's doing it at such an epic level? Follow them. What are they doing? Are they doing a podcast? Mm. Get around them as much as you can, either virtually or physically, and continue to put in stuff that are going to get you to where you want to be on your decade goal. Mm. So resources, yeah, podcasts, books, seminars, online, webinars, all those kind of things is what I use and what I tell my team to be using. Mm, that's good. So, Michael, you've, you're a millionaire, right, by any stretch of the imagination. You've built businesses to earn millions of dollars. You've even reached a billion mark as well in sales what did you learn when you earned your first million dollars now there's many ways to unpack that mm. um you know i i think a millionaire is a very interesting term in this day and age but there's many ways to look at it you know is it the first time you put millions of dollars through your business mm. not typically a millionaire from that there's a lot of people who are sharing their business statements yeah. and go and check out the millions, right? That does not mean you personally have made millions. Mm. Is it 
earning enough money that you've got millions of dollars worth of assets. That's probably your traditional millionaire kind of concept. Um, so look, I may, I turned over my first million in the age of 24, mm. 24, 25. There was a time frame there. Um, but by no means was I a millionaire. Mm. Um, I have businesses now that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm. Um, I don't own all those myself. I own portions of that. I have cash that comes into me every single day, month, week that is generated from businesses that I don't necessarily work in. Mm. So to answer your question, there's many ways, and I think authentically, I didn't become a millionaire until it was my late 20s where I got a valuation on businesses, mm. right? Um, and for total transparency, that company I bought into, mm. it already had a multi, multi-million dollar valuation. Mm. So there's no particular time where I was like, oh, this happened on this date at this time. And I wanted to clear that up because there's so many people saying that. I could show you bank statements now of tens and tens of millions of dollars, but it's not mine. Mm. It's the business. It's, sure, I'm involved in it, but um, it's a funny game. And, and I've never had this question, which is ironic because I've done 100 podcasts. <laughs> but um, I think it's important for people to understand the realities of success. Um, I've never, ever sat back. And this is God, truthful, honest. Mm. Wow, I'm a millionaire. I've never even thought of that. Mm. Um, my mission and vision is so much further away. And I always have a 10-year version of who I want to be and the difference I want to make. Not what I want to acquire, mm. not what I want to be worth, just want to, that version of me. And it's never been around a financial amount. It's never been around I want to be a millionaire. So for me, I just get up every day and I work towards that. A lot of money's come my way by doing that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I hope that's a an authentic answer. That's I don't know great. if I answered it correctly. No, but Hopefully it'll help. I've only asked that question to one other person and they pretty much answered it very differently to you did. So, and they're, they're, you both are millionaires by the sense of the definition of the word, but I found it interesting how he answered it very differently to you did. So, and that's the first time he's ever heard the question as well. So I only just came up with it this morning. <laughs> um, so I was curious. I love it. Yeah, I was very curious. So I have another one that you might not have heard before, but you never know. What, what is the Great. single most, uh, I guess, valuable lesson being a father has taught you that a business can't teach you or hasn't taught you? Yeah, wow. That's a big one. Um, nothing prepares you for kids. Mm. Nothing. Uh, definitely no business, that's for sure. Um, maybe some leadership traits, maybe some you know, personal development and educational traits do you mean i'd been in business for 10 years before i had uh, my son um i dealt with a lot of crisis mm. either personally inflicted or crisis on me from business nothing like the macro crisis we have right now by the way let's just yeah. make that clear i don't think any of us have experienced anything like this no um but look i i learned patience i've learned different things that have had to lead into being a father um, and it's easier for me to some degree because I'm in personal development. I've had to personally mm. make sure that I can deal with crisis 
that I can lead effectively, that I understand the personality types that every person has, mm. and that if you lead for one personality style, you're going to miss two to three to five others. Mm. So being able to articulate, move forward, inspire, motivate, listen, mm. take on board people's thoughts, processes, was definitely a trait that I learned in business by having staff, uh, by you know hiring people. That helped me with being a father. Mm. That helped me with you know sitting and listening and not judging, not parenting a particular way, understanding what his personality type was. Mm. And if I truly wanted to get something out of him, then I needed to communicate it in a particular way that would move and motivate him. Mm. Because if you do it in a particular way, that's not their personality style. You ain't going to get the outcome you're after. No. So yeah, that's right. uh, I think in that sense, it's helped me, but in many other senses, it has not helped me. Mm. Um, there's nothing more humbling. There's nothing more powerful than having kids. Mm. And, you know, they are an amazing well of inspiration for me, for me as a business owner. Mm. Um, I grew an extra three legs when I had my kids <laughs> because everything changed. It wasn't just about me anymore. Mm. It wasn't just me and my wife anymore. There was a family. There's a legacy in, in the making here. So everything changed and still learning on that journey. Boy, oh boy, as soon as mm. you think you've got that journey figured out, you get humbled, <laughs> right? So yeah. it's a constant, never-ending learning opportunity. Mm, definitely. That's, that's a good answer. What would you say that your biggest achievement is? Uh, I think my kids. Yeah. You know, I look good. at my kids, two very happy, healthy kids, um, not spoiled, uh, learning their own lessons, falling over, picking themselves up. I'm not picking them up. Mm. They're picking themselves up. I had an amazing lesson for my son this morning. In my house, I've been watering this particular front yard, from my front yard in this section, that has not grown for six months. <laughs> Every day I'm out there watering that damn thing. <laughs> Every day. Soon as it started to grow, we had the bushfires here and there was no water. We couldn't use any water. Everything sort of died. Mm. And my son said to me yesterday, he goes, Dad, why do you keep watering this section? Because one day it'll be ready to grow. Mm. This morning I went out to water the garden as I do every morning. And it started to shoot. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> this The sense of joy and happiness I got out of that moment, I can't explain to you. Mm. For me, there was more joy and excitement out of that than doing a $40 million deal, mm. um, acquiring a new business, changing it, something. Because I'd been so consistent, persistent, and despite any feedback, mm. I kept showing up every day. And my son saw that and goes, wow, it finally is happening. And this is life. This is business. And hopefully mm. I shared that lesson effectively with him that you'll need to do something and you'll need to water that garden for months, if not years. It's the same methodology as, as mm. running a business. Yeah, You need to give it time and attention and it might not start to shoot for six to 12 months. Mm. But when it does, it brings you so much joy. Mm. And you know, that's one of the amazing lessons that uh, our everyday life can share with us. And hopefully my son will see that and go, wow, that's amazing. So my son, my daughter, they're the greatest achievement I've had. Mm. Um, 
they're the most expensive uh, <laughs> asset, but, but yeah, most exciting yeah. Uh, part of my life. So that's probably it. That's awesome. You mentioned persistent and consistency, and it sparks something in my my mind because I have this saying that I came up with earlier this year, which is be persistent to remain consistent. And the reason why I say that is because without the being persistent nature, you won't ever become consistent in something because consistency breeds persistency like, or sorry, the other way around persistency or being persistent breeds consistency because if you're not consistent or if you're not persistent, yeah, it's very difficult. Like, but they both tie hand in hand with each other. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. It's like that, that analogy that you gave of watering the plant. So if you weren't persistent at continuing to do it, then you wouldn't have continued to do it. <laughs> if that makes sense. That's yeah. it. But, but, but again, it's about being persistent when there's no ROI. Yeah, exactly. Like that section of my lawn, it was defiantly, you know, resisting my persistence. Yeah. And I'm like, damn. And, <laughs> and it makes you think, it, I go, Maybe I need to change the soil here. Maybe I need to do something differently. No, I just needed to persist. Yeah, exactly. Right? So today was such an amazing um, ROI of my happiness Mm. because there was no money involved. There's no return. There's no accolades. There was no nothing on social media. Yeah. It was pure joy for me that I didn't give up. I didn't change my persistency. And I now will consist with, I will consistently keep doing it. Yeah. Can do that because I know that my persistence paid off. Exactly. I love, I love how you just said all that. It tied in perfectly with the saying. <laughs> um, so, Michael, Thank I do you. have a couple more questions for you because uh, I am mindful of your time. Have you had any sure. mentors in your life that have helped you along the way? Oh my gosh, I've had so many. Um, I truly believe you need mentors. Uh, this life is hard enough. Um, it will be a long and painful journey if you don't have a mentor. Mm. Um, I, it, my, my true success has come down to finding mentors who can shorten the learning curve for me. Mm. Um, I, I believe anyone who doesn't have someone they can call in many areas of your life and ask for authentic advice is missing out on this. Um, I highly recommend it. I can't speak higher enough of it. Uh, if you don't have five in different areas of your life, and look, I'm fortunate now I have some areas of my life I have five that I can call on in that area. Mm. If you don't have that, it's going to be a tough journey. Yeah. I believe it's going to be, it's going to take you longer. It's going to be more painful. It'll cost you more, not only in, in money, but in time, in relationships, in success, in happiness. If we can find a way to shorten the learning curve in anything, we should be doing that. Mm. But with our own happiness, we should be finding people who can shorten that curve and go, Michael, don't run east looking for a sunset. Mm. You're never going to find it. Yeah, Go west. Mm. Head west. Keep driving and you'll find that sunset. Mm. Now, unless I had somebody to tell me that, I could defiantly keep going east looking for a sunset. doesn't matter how strategic, how sophisticated, I'm never going to find it. Mm. So. There are people who are further along on your journey. Start to identify them. Start to have a goal. I think we live in a metaphysical world. I believe you can create what you want to create. Write a goal and a statement and test yourself. Mm. And right, I would love to 
have a find a mentor who will help me in these areas of my life. Read that every day. Mm. And I bet you, you'll sit back after three months and go, Dan, Bob, Jenny, Mary, it's exactly what I've been asking for. Yeah. Here's the next level of that. If it happens in that area, could it not happen in every other area of your life? Mm, that's good. Yeah. Do you mean it's not limited to if I if I try and believe that I can make um, somebody come and help me with that? Can't I get them to help me with other things? Mm. Can't I manifest clients mm. or an amazing business opportunity or amazing business relationship? Mm. Most people don't understand this muscle. Write down what it is you want. Write down what it is you can give mm. at the same c- component. So I don't write down, I want a, I want an amazing mentor. I want to find an amazing mentor who's already achieved what I want to achieve so that I can learn, learn what I need to learn and impact people like this, mm. right? Most people are doing the exercise on what they can get from it, yeah. not what they can get and give. It's same as the old relationship thing. You know, it's an easy one that people talk about. It's write down who you would love to find in a partner. Mm. Here's where everyone goes wrong. <laughs> they don't write down what they can give to the partner. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Now, if it works for finding a partner, can't it work for every area of your life? Yeah. I just feel people need to be sitting down and working on them a lot more than they do. Mm. Who Who can I... What can I attract in my life so I can go give in my life? Mm. Everyone's missing this component. I learned this from a mentor. That's why I'm sharing it. Mm. That's why I get on now and share with myself because I can't continue to take from the well of mentorship without giving mm. as well. That's why I do. That's why I've done 200 podcasts. Mm. That's why I get online and I share all my lessons mm. because the more I share, the more the amazing mentors in my life continue to show up. Mm. That's good. So you've you've been able to foster relationships with some pretty well-known people uh, in in society. You've met Richard Branson, which I would one day I hope to meet him bef- before and just ask him some questions. But what's one thing that Richard Branson has taught you that everyone else that you've met has not taught you? Um. There's many lessons. The one that's coming to mind right now is being super diverse with the companies and the products and services that you can offer that are still aligned to your core mission. Mm. If you, I'm sure you know, but if anyone who's listening to this doesn't know, Richard has probably created 600 companies. Yeah. Hundreds and hundreds of those have failed but he still has hundreds under the Virgin banner. Mm. And I'm talking they're in various industries, gyms, airlines, cruise liners, hotels, Virgin money. You know, you look on there and if you go to virgin.com, you'll see all the companies. Mm. You'll see ones that look like that does not mix with that at all. Yeah. But Virgin, necessarily a particular product, service or line, it's about an ethos of fun, enjoyment, spirit, entrepreneurship. Mm. There are core values to the entre- to the, the virgin mandate mm. that do not stop. No. doesn't matter what the product is. He was the first person who taught me that because 
I was the type of person who was, oh, I'm only looking at this sector. Mm. I'm only going to look at this. I'm going to be stay super focused. And he's like, why? When you can bring your ethos, your your mantra, your your goal, and and whatever it is you want to achieve, in many other areas and sectors. Mm. You know, so I look now, and and I've always been in three different genres, right. but they've all got the same. Um, line up towards my vision, mission, and purpose. Mm. And they're all achieving the same outcome that I want to achieve just in different businesses, different sectors, different industries. Mm. That was probably the greatest aha I got out of all of that stuff with meeting Richard Branson. Wow. That's a good aha. (laughs) I like that one. It was. So my last question, Michael, is three bits of advice. You've given so many already, but three main bits of advice you can give to someone either starting out struggling or needing a boost. Now this can be either in their life, their own personal life or in their business. Okay. First and foremost, you need to identify what you're passionate about. Mm. Um, again, me pretend I'm your mentor for a second Mm. down tools, stop what you're doing and start to find the thing that's passionate for you. Mm. You know, we all have passions. There's niche passions. There's macro passions. There's micro passions. Identify the things you love to do and the things that could get you to wake up on time early every single morning and go do that. Mm. Then you need to figure out how you hone your skills and hone your craft around that. You know, here's a very simple uh, example. I'm passionate about golf. Mm. I love golf. I could go play golf every single morning. But if it's not going to be enjoyable for me unless I hone my craft around that and start to become an expert at that. Yeah. Now, I'm I'm in still to this day after playing for 20 years, I'm no expert, but I still love it. I enjoy it and I'm somewhat good at it. Mm. But the third thing is you need to be able to go out there and find an obsession around a passion. Mm. So now we've identified I'm passionate about business, passionate about helping and inspiring people. Mm. I'm passionate about golf. I'm passionate about boats. Mm. But I need to find my obsession in one area. Yeah. That's good. Here's the biggest difference. I love golf, but I'm not going to get up at 5.30 every single day and go change the world Mm. playing golf. Yeah. In education and business, I get up at 5.30 every day. I play full out. I have for 20 years. Mm. I have a mission to change that landscape. That's an obsession. Mm. So there's three key things. Let me just reiterate those. If you're listening to this, and I'm making any sense, and I hope I am, sit down today, tomorrow, this weekend, find two hours, no distractions, no phone, pen and paper, identify what am I passionate about? Mm. What's that thing that gets me up in the morning? It could be video games. It could be sport. I don't care what it is. What's that thing? If you could do it for the rest of your life, you would. From there, figure out, is this one that I've got skill set in, Mm. or I can go acquire the skills? That's number two. Number three, is it big enough as an obsession that it's bigger than me and I could make an impact globally with it? Mm, That's good. And if it's not, rule that passion out. Mm. Go to the next one, right? So for me, I figured that out. Um, The only reason we've done a billion dollars, the only reason we're in 10 countries, the only reason we did 37, we toured in 37 countries last year, Mm. was because I have an absolute obsession 
about changing the planet in this particular area. Mm. It's the only reason. If I was still playing at a passion level, not an obsession level, I'd be tinkering around doing one or two events a year. Mm. They're my three things that I hope people understand. You're going to need a skill set. You're going to need to be able to hone your craft. You're going to need to become good at what it is you're doing. Mm. And if you don't do that, you're just going to stay at that mediocre level. That's good. I feel like that is a perfect way to wrap up our conversation. Thank you so much, Michael Lane, for coming on the Storybox podcast, sharing your wisdom, your advice, and your stories with us. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, I love what you're doing. Continue to inspire the world. We need more leaders like you who are putting positivity out there, especially now. So I'm grateful to be on the show. Thank you so much for that. Really appreciate it. I don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another incredible story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you'd like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on any podcast platform. It's that easy. If you did get something from our guest today, please share it around to a friend or family member that you think could benefit from hearing this powerful story. And before you go, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It will only take 30 seconds and it'll go towards reaching more people. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one. Your support is greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.